0: Action Fanatics, welcome to a special bonus edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain. Now, for those of you who may have missed it, the Bulletproof Podcast was invited to be a part of Geekscape's holiday live stream Tacular this past Saturday. It was a special benefit event for Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Coastal and Northern New Jersey. And our part in the whole live stream? Count down the top five Christmas action movies. Joining me for this endeavor was Bulletproof Action Zone Ryan Campbell. And we were eventually joined by Nate Quarry from the UFC, Matt Kelly from Horror Movie Night, and Super Action Man even did a few run-ins on this thing. So right now on this special bonus edition of the Bulletproof Podcast, we are going to listen to that audio from the live stream. And when that show is over, I'll be back to wrap things up. So let's go to the live stream-tacular.
1: All right, guys, we are back and we are joined by Ryan and Chris of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris, it's nice to actually finally meet you. We email each other. uh, We do. two three times a month but that is right pleasure to see you uh getting some compliments oh yay so much uh so i am gonna let you two do your thing but i do have to give you a little bit of a warning all right um there is someone else in the chat who oh, might no. be adding some commentary uh didn't expect this anybody but uh super action man is joining oh, us as well.
0: well of course super <laughs> action man i mean action is is a middle name so it makes sense you'd be here
2: I figure it's about time somebody with an actual authority on the matter is part of the show. So I am here at your leisure. I'm very busy right now. Yeah, I th- guess there. There's a lot going on in our government. I got some gray showing. It's been it's been quite the four years. But I will let you all continue with your show, and uh, I'm just gonna fact check you on a couple things. Uh, so carry on. Uh, but I do say that I love the Shane Black and Rennie Harlan. Uh, heavy nature of what I've seen so far from your show and what's to come in this special. No no spoilers.
0: No No spoilers. None at all. But yeah, this is the first ever live edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris The Brain. Joining me, my good friend, Ryan Campbell. And Ryan, we're making history here.
3: We are. I I had to get my fancy setup done. I had to bring in some extra lights. Um, Now I'm incredibly nervous because, you know, I kind of tend to do more of the sci-fi genre stuff on the site. And now all of a sudden there's fact checkers and experts, so so bear with me, everybody. We'll also, do. my son broke my headset uh, this morning. So oh come I'm on, with that too.
0: Good job, good job, Lyle. All right, um, so yeah, what we're going to be doing here is counting down the top five Christmas action movies. And let's just get this out of the way: these are all considered Christmas movies on this show. Yes, so. can we, I was
3: I was going to say, can we just avoid that whole part of the argument? Because right. they're all a little bit on that gray area. If you really wanted to get into the kind of you know, diehard kind of uh, argument. So let's just uh, avoid that. I know we usually try to, but.
0: Right, right. And again, uh, just for those who don't know, because we could have some new listeners or viewers in this case, uh, the Bulletproof podcast is a spinoff of BulletproofAction.com. And that uh, has been going since 2014, where we cover all things action and once in a while, a lifetime movie um, if we know somebody who's starring in it. But that's uh, neither here nor there. So what we're going to do here as part of the huge Geekscape holiday Live stream tacular. You know, I've been wanting to say that all week. That, that's bringing me back to see the, you
3: practicing it in your mirror the, just the rest of the days.
0: The Geekscape holiday live stream tacular. Live right here, everywhere you want to be. Uh so this thing, and it's a it's for a good cause, Ryan Campbell. Big brothers, big sisters of coastal and northern New Jersey. So two Ohio guys helping out kids in New Jersey. Who, who this ever is thought? the magic of the holidays? That's right, whoever thought? It's the magic we of the holidays officially made it. All right, well, uh, the uh, again, what we do, uh, and we've done this several times on uh, the Bulletproof podcast, is we, we kind of uh, survey our followers on social media, and just to get some cheap plugs in there, that's Pod on Twitter, and Bulletproof Action on Facebook and Instagram, um, and we ended up with a, a good amount of uh, feedback, 27, Ryan Campbell, 27 different movies, were nominated and we we whittled it down to five. But one of them that got nominated, and I love this movie, uh, Scrooged. Uh, come on now, I love that movie. I love it, but uh, it's probably not going to make a lot of action fans list as a Christmas action movie. Oh, there's some action in there, but
3: yeah, um, and I looked at like a rough list of just uh, general like ones, and there were some like a lot. Another one that was really popular was like Jingle All the Way, which. I, w- I don't think I would put into the action category. I know it's Arnold and there's some kind of stunt work, but I don't know if I would call that an action movie either. So there's some that are, that were kind of weird. I think the ones we got on
0: our list are are all solid action movies. Absolutely. Um, again. There, yeah. the, the consensus is what we did. We had our uh, stats team get together and pull this all together and algorithms. Maybe, I don't know, but whatever Crunchy. it is, we've got Crunchy the top numbers. Five. numbers the research. It happens and it's going to happen here. So, Without any further ado, action fanatics, let's get into it. The top five Christmas action movie countdown and number five. And, you know, this is a great thing because these are legit, legit results. Uh, and here's what here's why you could tell I had nothing to do with it because this number five. I've never seen this movie. I have never seen this movie. And I watched the trailer this morning and I said, how have I not seen this movie? It was released on October 11th, 1996. It is the long kiss, good night, Ryan Campbell. Have you seen it? I have. Um, it was a long time ago. Um, I, I vaguely remember.
3: I know there's a little bit of kind of like some memory loss, some born, some um, some intrigue, and you got you know you got DC, the White House, Christmas. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but yeah, it's been a while. But I have seen. That. I remember watching it with my with my parents. Back before. Yeah.
0: The, the official synopsis, if you'll allow me the opportunity to read for everyone around the world. Uh, Samantha Kane lives in a small town with her daughter. Eight years ago, she emerged, two months pregnant, from a nearby river with no memory of her past or who she is. However, she's getting closer to finding out about her past. And, and Samantha Kane is played by Gina Davis, and the man who's helping her regain her past uh, is Samuel L. Jackson. So, right there, totally. I mean, a great cast. And, and then the director, Rennie Harlan. Can't go wrong with Rennie,
3: yeah, and definitely like like I, I was just like I said, looking around at a few different lists to try to see what the pool of, of titles could possibly be. This just kept coming up, so this yeah. isn't just our audience, this is uh, this is actually like up there as kind of the Mount Rushmore of, of Christmas action movies. So, yeah,
0: uh, like you said, um, you know, what, what do we know? <laughs> right, it's got a strong 6.8 rating on IMDb, which isn't too bad. Now, I actually we're gonna see as we go along. Our our uh, feedback reflects IMDb. We, the, the numbers start going up as we start counting down. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I
3: don't I don't think not to not to uh, bury the lead, but but there's not really any huge controversial on this. No. Everyone's no. going to
0: know these movies for the most right. part. Right. So. Yeah, this was the only one where I was like, oh, I need to see this. So yeah, this is definitely on my I must see li- I'm writing it down. Must see this movie. Right. I just wrote it down. So once it's in writing, there you go. And we're, oh, Jonathan you- London is saying this was the most expensive script sold at the time. Little inside information. I trust his opinion. Well, that's knowledge. We All have, right, we then. have a wide breadth of experts that we
3: can pull from here.
0: The- we absolutely do. Um, so yeah, long kiss, good night. Number five on the list, and uh, definitely one I'm going to check out. Maybe we could talk more about it down the road. So let's move on to the number four entry. And this is one I almost, I've definitely seen it, but I almost forgot the whole Christmas connection with it. It was released on June the 19th, 1992, the sequel to the biggest movie of 1989. It is Batman Returns. And what a spectacular film this was. I mean, this, the the, the two Batman movies pretty much cemented Batman as he almost, you really usurped Superman as, as the main uh, hero as far as the movies are concerned at this for point. sure
3: and this was still a time when sequels were still kind of dangerous territory i mean you had like a few that did it right you had star wars you had like indiana jones which you could you know even uh temple of doom was even kind of iffy to some people it's right. kind of it's it's gotten a little better over time but um yeah sequels were still risky territory and a lot of sequels kind of almost felt like they were cheaper. Uh, They weren't done as good as the originals. They were straight to DVD kind of feel. Um, Batman Returns was one of those ones where they just cranked everything up. Everything went up. The the value went up. The amount of characters went up. The amount of the villains went up. You brought in Catwoman, Penguin. Um, Yeah, I mean, so much stuff that came into that movie to just kind of raise the whole uh, franchise. and
0: Right.
3: uh, time.
0: And you almost had to up things because when you have Jack Nicholson as the Joker in the original film, uh, that's pretty top drawer. I mean, they, you don't get much better than that. So it's like they almost realize, OK, not one man or woman is going to be able to take his spot as the, as the lead villain. So, yeah, we went through. We did a little three way action here. True. And Catwoman's kind of a, a tweener if, if we're talking to, in wrestling speak. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, you had Danny DeVito as the Penguin, who was just fantastic in that role you had Christopher Walken as the businessman who was kind of manipulating the power behind the throne there Max Shreck I believe was his name and then Michelle Pfeiffer did a fantastic job as a catwoman and then Michael Keaton who uh, you know I don't know where you fall on the Michael Keaton Christian Bale debate I guess Val Kilmer just gets left out all co- altogether and, and George Clooney but that's fine Keaton or Bale who who would you say is the best batman
3: um I think I go Keaton for what I envision as like the comic book Batman. Yeah, I think Bale is kind of more of your like movie house, uh, you know, connoisseur Batman uh, that that you could possibly see getting an Oscar nomination. Kind of brings more you know rep to the role. But if we're going, you know, just straight up comic book. Uh, movie to me it's Michael Keaton and he and him and Bay are probably the two that I think they differentiate themselves with the other ones because they were good Bruce Waynes and they were good Batman yes um, Val Kilmer I think was a pretty decent Bruce Wayne I don't think like he was a great Batman Clooney was kind of the same a good Bruce Wayne not not a great Batman um, so they they could they could pull off the duality they could pull off the the confliction um, but like I said as, as for for strictly just comic book stuff I think Michael Keaton gets the edge
0: it looks like Joshua out there says this is his movie that he watches every Christmas while he's prepping for the day. Hot chocolate and Batman returns and that's a that's a great tradition to have there. And um, Jonathan
3: again that's not really a, a, a there's a lot of people that say the Lego Batman is one of the better Batman in in movie history. <laughs>
0: i do love lego i love lego batman i still am waiting and if lego if anybody from lego is listening out there lego death wish 3 needs to happen It's all i'm right. saying we've uh, mapped whatever, out the entire thing whatever much. video game system it's for i will invest in it i but need at the very LEGO. least give us a paul kersey funko pop
3: that, that's all yes, I, need.
0: I, I would also take that um but l- let's get back to the subject so batman returns again like i said i had forgotten the, the Christmas connection, but it's certainly there. Obviously it helps uh with the whole penguin character to kind of have that snowy uh backdrop as well. Um and it's kind of fun My sister growing up,
3: um well not even grown up still, uh has like a phobia of penguins. She is terrified of <laughs> penguins. Like we went to That's- the yeah, we went to the aquarium once and the last thing that you leave the aquarium is the penguin exhibit. And you can't get to the exit without walking through this exhibit. She literally shut her eyes and just bolted to the end wow. of the hallway until she essentially ran into the wall. And we've tried to break it down. We tried to break it, figure out what in her childhood caused this this trauma, traumatization. And I think we figured on it was Batman Returns with the with the, with the yeah. penguins with oh, the rockets on and them and everything. Was,
0: yeah, oh, it's kind of gruesome when he's eating. Yeah, yeah. so but, I think
3: we've I think we've pinpointed that's what it was.
0: Table manners were not uh, the penguin's best. Uh, uh, Attribute and Marissa also chiming in that she loves Batman Returns.
3: It's also somewhat relevant because I don't know if you saw some of the memes when, um, uh, the um president's personal lawyer, Rudy G. Uh, <laughs> yes, with was leaking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Hair dye. There was a lot of comparisons to the penguin going on at that time.
0: Yeah. I did see some of those. Uh, another big piece of this. And now that this again, we should point out this is a Tim Burton movie and he and Michael Keaton uh, definitely worked well together. Um, and it has that Tim Burton vibe to it that you did. Know, t- you know when you're watching a Tim Burton movie, I guess is what I'm saying.
3: And if you need any any evidence of how he knows how to tow that line, just look at uh, Batman Forever.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Another big piece of of these two, uh, Batman and then Batman Returns, is Danny Elfman and, and his score. Um, to me, it, I almost... I You know, he's had a lot of great scores, um, but uh, I, I got to say the Batman stuff is his most iconic.
3: Yeah, it, it, to the point to where you don't, it's one of those things where you don't realize that that didn't exist before the first Batman movie. Like when we think of Batman, you think of Like it's kind of synonymous. It's almost where you feel like it's just been around the entire time. The character has been around, you know, and then they got reused kind of for the animated series and had a whole second. It's just become synonymous with Batman to the point to where you kind of forget that without him, that doesn't, you know, it's not
0: there. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's synonymous with Batman to me as the John Williams score for Superman. I mean, to me, that's always going to be Superman's theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, Danny Elfman, tremendous job. And he, again, he's had great scores and other things. Back to School, for instance, one of my all-time. I, I, I
3: was wondering if you are going to drop the Back to School reference.
0: I definitely am going to. Uh, I'll talk Paul London Lifetime movies all day long, Jonathan London. No problem with that. Uh, I've seen that movie like four times. That'll be
3: our Valentine's Day countdown.
0: Oh, yeah. I like that idea. Uh, Killer competition for those who want to look it up on the Lifetime Movie Network. Uh, Check it out. So, yeah, Batman Returns. Uh, Another song I wanted to point out is Susie and the Banshees have a fantastic song. I believe it plays during the end credits uh, face to face. I love that song. Another great piece of music. And Batman was, Returns was that
3: but, made for the movie? Because I know this was yes. okay. This is at the time where every big blockbuster movie had to have its signature song from an artist that would that accompanied it,
0: right? Um, and I was, believe Danny Elfman was in on that too. So it, it's on like the actual score CD, not just like a soundtrack. Like a, right. yeah, like Batman Forever had its own soundtrack. Obviously, the first Batman had a Prince who did Bat Dance among others, and that was kind of separate from the Elfman score. Um, but yeah, the uh, Oh, Matt's here.
1: I just jumped in because I've got some exciting news, a little Christmas present for you guys. Uh, Somebody was watching the live stream and just had to jump in as well to talk about some of their favorite Christmas action movies like Batman Returns. Um, Famed MMA fighter Nate the Rock Quarry is here to join you guys for the rest of this discussion of the top five action Christmas movies.
0: Well, welcome, Nate. Awesome. And we are talking Batman Returns right now. Uh, you want to chime in with your thoughts on that fantastic film?
4: It took me out of the universe when Batman simply tore off his cowl and exposed who he was. And I thought to myself, this is what you wear in all of these brutal street fights, and, and no one has ever grabbed your ears and just ripped it off? Excellent point.
0: <laughs> yeah, never thought about that.
4: Are you kidding me? This is, right. this is keep me in that world. Don't don't take me out.
0: Right. He knows the
3: exact weak point that he needs to apply the right precise amount of pressure <laughs> to get it to That's tear just funny. in that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a little. You think there's a little like pull here to. I don't know. Tear. You know. You got to get like the the tide pods. You have to. Maybe it's like childproof lock or something on there, and only Batman knows That's how to right. use it. That makes sense. All right. Well, um, Batman returns number four on our list. If, we, or if we're good, we actually didn't even mention Ben
3: Affleck when we were talking about Batman. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm sorry. My apologies, Ben. If he's listening, Clearly he left uh, an impression on us. I, I do apologize. <laughs> well, I, 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 could not,
4: think, I, I can't get lost in anything that Ben Affleck does anymore.
0: Well, there you go. I just, that, I that just
4: could... sit there and I'm going, well, why aren't you slinging a, swinging a sledgehammer, yelling at Matt Damon to use all of his opportunities? <laughs> I mean, right. I'm so yeah. Confused. Good.
0: Goodwill Will Hunting, fantastic movie. That's, that's peak Ben Affleck right there for me. Um, and plus, you know what? I think Ryan Campbell, as we see on this list, our audience and pos- possibly myself are stuck in the 80s and 90s. So anything that's happened after that yeah. is really irrelevant <laughs> in a lot of cases. So, all right. So number three on the list, released on July the 3rd, 1990. It was Christmas in July back then because it was Die Hard 2. And you know what? I love Die Hard 2. I'm almost getting to the point where since so many people on social media have just with the whole, we talked about at the top of the show, the, the diehard debate, is it a Christmas? It's like diehard two is Teflon. Nobody mentions that, even though this movie was also set at Christmas time. And and I'm almost starting to enjoy the second one more than the first, probably because of all the, all the nonsense that surrounds it.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think, and it, I think the reason that it did kind of avoids the debate is because it leans in a little further into the Christmas theme of it. Um, I mean, you have you're in an airport during the holidays at Christmas time. So I feel like the setting of it feels a little bit more appropriate to where it kind of avoids a lot of the the discussion that Die Hard One gets. Um, but yeah, again, a sequel that ups the ante that, you know, and this is before it's been played out that this poor John McClane is always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but I got another great sequel at a time when there were a lot of great sequels. Plus you
4: have, uh, you have the main protagonist doing naked (laughs) jujitsu as the introduction to a character. That's, that's a level I can't even comprehend.
0: Yeah. One of the most, uh, I don't know, bizarre scenes in an action movie, like why did this have to happen? But it did. And that was of course, William Sadler, who I understand had to get quite a bit of shape, which I would imagine anybody would, if you were going to be in the all together on a, a screen who knows how many feet tall with all kinds of eyeballs on you, on your derriere.
4: So, yeah, you I mean, he- have
3: an expert. Me and you know nothing about getting in shape. So That's maybe-
4: right. It's all confidence. That's there all you know. it is. Okay. And he had that confidence right there. Move really slowly. Extend your fist, draw back, claw a little bit. Now you know jujitsu, too.
0: There you go. Okay. And this one directed by Rennie Harlan. And Nate, before you got here, our number five movie was also a Rennie Harlan movie. It's uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Are you, are you familiar with that one?
4: Oh, of course. That's a great one. I, I love the the blood all over Sam Jackson uh, throughout the movie. He's just covered. It's it's amazing.
0: See, I had to make a, a startling confession. I've never seen that movie. And I'm an action guy. I need to, that's like, I'm, I've got to watch it this weekend. Gina
4: Davis kills a deer with her bare hands. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well the good
3: thing I, is it is it's I, only December
0: twelfth. You still got plenty of time to catch it before. I'm gonna catch time. it. I'm gonna catch it and I'm gonna talk about it. Uh maybe on the website or maybe I'll come back on maybe I'll just crash a thing like Nate did. <laughs> Look at Jonathan is saying number number one, I've got my fingers crossed for gremlins. It does have action in it. I agree, it does have action in it, but I'm not gonna give you any spoilers. Oh, and Jonathan, Nate, he wants to know: ha- Have you killed a human with your bare hands?
4: I can neither confirm nor deny said allegation, especially on film. I
3: smart. appreciate that because I don't, I don't want to have to go testify somewhere. That
0: exactly.
4: It, so. I I'd hate to have your blood on my hands, also.
3: Oh, lose brain? There he is. All right, so it looks like Brain's bouncing around here.
4: Super action, man.
2: Listen, Nate, I'm just filling in for Brain because Brain's gone, but listen, <laughs> Nate, you and I, we've had many adventures overseas together, and I just got to tell you, much props for uh, Rennie Harlan. That movie was written by Shane Black. It's got all the pieces for an action movie. The fact that these two dweeboids put it at number five is an insult all right, to action movies, number one highest sold price for a screenplay ever. Some of it was based on my own life. A little bit of a gender swap there, but those are just facts.
4: You were the little girl, weren't you?
2: That information cannot be confirmed or denied, my friend. (laughs) That information cannot be confirmed or... Oh, there's the brain. Listen, I'm back. I'm just checking your homework here, homies. Uh, I'm... uh, I got a, I got a whole nation to look out for right now. Okay. So I'm a little too busy to be on your show, but uh, I'll come back later. And listen, you're also too busy to put a shirt on. So there's it, that. This is my uniform, pal. Um, okay. Well, it was okay. Going to make when the enemies of America see me coming, yeah. And they hold on, I'm getting a phone call. I think it's the president. Oh, hold on. Let's just. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Mr. President. Yeah. No, I cannot kill the Supreme Court. Yeah, I can't do that. That's right.
3: They're on his list now. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. Well, listen, guys, I got to go. Drop me out of this, but uh, keep going. Let, let's see what number one is. I'm excited to see this.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I, I think i checking Amazon so I could order the long kiss night. kick me out, but I'm all right now. I'm good. Um, So what were we talking about? Die Hard 2? Yes. That's right. Okay, so the, let's do the official synopsis is John McClane attempts to avert disaster as a as rogue military operative, seize control of Dulles International Airport in Washington, D.C. Like you said, Ryan, the whole airport piece of it definitely gives it that Christmas feel. I think the snow obviously helps do We get a snowmobile scene in a Die Hard, which you certainly wouldn't have had that at Nakatomi Plaza. Um, well, I don't think you could.
4: That, that would be difficult. I, I think one of my favorites is this really brought in the one-liners all the way through even when he gets the the facts from the woman at the airport he then inappropriately asks him out on a date and yes. he just wiggles his ring finger just the facts ma'am just the fax. just the facts yeah and he has to smile longingly as he turns away <laughs> you
0: know another thing i love about Die Hard 2 is dennis franz and his character i think he adds so much to it button heads with mclean the whole way uh he just adds a a, a, a Great element to it. I know we kind of had that with Paul Gleason and Robert Davi in the in the first one, but Franz takes it to another level. I, I think probably because they're in the same place together and and just really button heads right right there. Well, it, the it, was, it was a it's a challenging role because obviously in
3: the first movie he's from out of town, he has no reputation, so you completely kind of understand why he's being questioned to a certain degree by the authorities that don't know who he is by the second movie everyone knows what happened he's somewhat of a celebrity you know right. so you kind of have to you have to deal with how you're going to make that work in the movie that these guys aren't going to trust him they're not going to believe him um, because you know he has a credibility now so i think they do a good job of of kind of taking that head on as to you know it's an airport this guy's got so much to deal with he you know he kind of doesn't like him stepping on his toes so i think they handled that well um, and just on a side note, it is it's really interesting to watch that movie in in, in the scope of what it's like to go to an airport now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just people freely walking around, people can walk right to the gate, doors to, to air to off areas are just unlocked, you know. It's just that's how things were back then with at an airport. So
4: Yeah. Freedom. Right. <laughs> We also
0: get a, a brief, almost a cameo from uh, Reginald Vell Johnson re- reprising his role as Al Powell, and he's the one who sends that all-important fax that uh, opens up the, as you said, inappropriate hitting. Come on, this is a married man, and this woman is working, and she's, come on. I, I hope her supervisor saw that. Um, so, yeah, we also have Bonnie Bedelia, who's one of the people who's flying in at Dulles International Airport, which is why John is there to begin with. So again, it, it makes sense while he's there, and he just once again happens to be there. And and the line, you know, how could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Perfect. So it's like it was self-aware that here we go again, another Christmas with the McLean family.
3: And it wasn't uh, outplayed yet, like it's bright kind of in, in even every other sequel. So you you still kind of believed it at that point.
4: Yeah, I love all the smoking that goes on as well. Smoking in, in the, the airport, airport is just like on airport. Yeah, it's just like, man. Shit's getting crazy. I'm going to light up. <laughs> Go ahead and do that. That's cool. We we accept that as, as the thing you should do at this point in America's history.
0: And I love that we get Franco Nero as our one of our villains, um, not portraying a ninja like he did in Enter the Ninja. I think he's a little bit more believable in, in this role. I think it's more his actual voice as well, because he certainly didn't have his voice in Enter the Ninja. Hmm. Have you ever seen that one, Nate?
4: I have not. You
0: need see now I'm gonna put one on your list. You need to I check out Enter the Ninja, yeah. Canon Films, probably one of their first hits. And is Jonathan London telling us some more stuff?
4: Who was the senator who was working as in in die hard 2 here?
0: Oh yeah, what's his name?
4: And he was every, le- he's he's legit. He's had a lot of roles. He was on Law and Order quite often. Yeah. And every time I see him, I'm like, man, don't you have a country you should be running? And instead, here you are in a dire film.
0: He's multitasking like a super action man, I think. Yeah, this man's Fred Thompson. Yeah. Fred Dalton Thompson. Yes, an actual senator. And yeah, he's... I mean, I guess that's good, though. You know, you kind of get that he's an authority vibe, which you should because, you know, he's a senator. He is an authority on something.
4: (laughs) Well, I guess we're used to... uh, uh, our politicians spending most of the day tweeting and golfing, so <laughs> diehard appearance, that's not that big a deal, I suppose.
0: Right, you know, back then it made that would be nothing now, just a brief, brief appearance and, and die hard. But yeah, he, he's a big part of it. And um, who else do we got in? Oh, of course, you have William Atherton, who is the reporter, who is just one of the worst human beings ever on film. Just a horrible. I mean, he always plays that character, though. He obviously, this is something he brought in from Die Hard. Ghostbusters, he was the same way. Just a pain in the ass. As I said, I think his name should be William Asselton, not Atherton, because that's what he excels at. I mean, talk about being typecast, but he does a great job of it every time. He kind of gets a little bit of a
3: face turn in this one, to a degree. Like, not completely, but, uh, you know, as being stuck on the plane and kind of ends up somewhat saving the day and doing kind of by backhanded tactics. He gets a little bit of a face turn. I don't know if I'd call it a complete baby face turn, but...
4: Well, in my world, we call that face a punchable face.
3: Yes. Very much so.
0: A punchable face.
4: There you go. Get shocked a little bit. Yeah,
0: the the little lady got hers on him. That was great. That was a great piece. Um, A notable henchman. You know, what's an action movie without henchmen? A young Robert Patrick. uh, Pre-T2, Robert Patrick has a brief uh, little time in Die Hard 2. Always fun to see that. Dipping his toes in the water before. Really?
4: And, and didn't he have the good line? Uh, what do I look like to you? A sitting duck?
0: Mm, yeah.
4: Blam, blam, blam.
0: And yes, we are going to mention John Amos, who is the kind of the Trojan horse almost of this movie comes in. is like, Oh yeah, he's one of the good guys, but no, he's really working for Esperanza, uh, uh, Franco Nero's character. And yeah, that was great. I remember, you know, I, I bought "Pat Hook Line and Sinker" the first time I saw this in the theater. I remember, and I'm like, "All right, John Amos is here, and everything's good, and McLean's got some backup this time." And mm, he turned on everybody, and I was pissed. John Amos, you 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 pulled the wool over my eyes, Amos.
3: Well, he bring. I mean, the movie really kind of kicks. That's what, he's kind of what jump starts the movie to where it really just gets intense because now you've brought military weaponry and personnel into it. Everything kind of really kicks off at that point.
0: Right, and the whole McLean Dennis Franz thing, uh, he kind of sides with McLean on it and kind of legitimizes him. Where before they were just basically ready to, you know, kick him out the door and see you tomorrow type thing. Uh, so that, that adds to it. Yeah, like you said, it, everything really kicks up a notch when the Am- John Amos character shows up.
4: Oh, he's uh, such a, a great authority figure. Yeah, he just leans in and stares at you, and all, all right, I'll go fight terrorists. Whatever you want me to do, I'm, I'm fine with that.
0: Right. Well, I mean, he's the type of man who could open up a restaurant very similar to McDonald's and get away with it <laughs> without any kind of – I mean, you would yeah. think McDonald's would be on that and shut that down right away. Even if
3: the lawyer uh, showed up at the to talk to him, they would have just yeah, turned around. he don't,
0: don't around care. Yeah. Just, he gets out. He gets out. So yeah, John Amos, you don't want to mess with him.
3: He All also right. played like the uh, uh, main military commander on the West Wing. So that's that's practically actually having the role.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh 7.2 rating on IMDb for Die Hard 2 as I said it, we, we keep going incrementally up as we go down this list. So and the important thing is Bruce Willis got put on the poster this time. Yes, he did. That's a good point because yeah, the first movie, who the hell was Bruce Willis? Some TV guy and he proved himself there and they didn't even put him it. on the poster. It was just Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. <laughs> well, this time he was it was Die Hard 2, Die Harder as it's often known. Uh, Number three on our top five action Christmas movies. Let's go into number two, gentlemen. It was released on March the 6th, 1987. It is Lethal Weapon. Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, directed by one of my all-time favorites, Richard Donner, who, of course, is the mastermind behind the first Superman movie. One of my all-time favorites. Uh, This movie was, uh, I mean, it just kind of made the buddy cop genre a thing. Obviously, there have been buddy cops before Nate, but this one kind of cemented that this was a thing in movies.
4: Oh, yeah. And, and the burned-out Vietnam veteran who's can't decide if he's going to eat a bullet or end crime in America. What a great, great telling.
0: And, and Danny Glover kind of, at that point, just hoping to coast out until he gets to retirement. and you know. He's he he the epitome.
4: Um, he's the guy that started the... I'm too old for this shit.
0: Yeah. And it, it, that's his line and it's his line forever.
4: Yep. And yeah, once you hit around 45 or so, as I can attest to that <laughs> line comes out quite often.
0: I I'm right there with you, Nate. I'm right there with you. I'd say that, um, um many mornings, uh, of my life now. So, That's the way it goes. But yeah, I mean, Mel Gibson, tremendous in here. I mean, he had obviously been in the Road Warrior movies and everything, but I think this is the movie here that really made him an A-list star in Hollywood. Because obviously with Road Warrior, a lot of that was Australia and and just kind of being imported. This was his chance to to really shine in a
4: big Hollywood production. Have more than three lines. Yeah. Yeah
0: that that helps right too.
3: and 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 similar. So we've we've we we talk about this kind of moment often when we're talking about especially action stars that kind of start in a somewhat genre way whether it be fantasy or post-apocalyptic or sci-fi that time when they transition to like a more modern play an everyday man you know in america or whatever that's a huge step to to nail because then your career just opens up after that point you know you that's like that defining line where you can either do whatever you want or you're just going to be tight cast in genre films for the rest of your career. Um, so I mean, he had to nail this role, they had to get this right, and and of
0: course, you know, history says he did. So, yeah, it certainly did. Um, and we also get Gary Busey as the villain. Who I mean, I, I'm torn about Gary Busey because I mean he's great because he can play both villain and hero uh, depending on the movie. Which do you prefer, Nate? Heel, heel, or babyface, uh, Gary Busey.
4: I like him just as he is. Just a, a little bit of a craziness. <laughs> you, you don't know what you're gonna get. You know, give me a lighter, I'll burn myself, or maybe we'll fight to the death, or maybe I'm gonna order an egg frittata. You don't know it,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got crazy. He, he's believable as crazy, Ryan Campbell.
3: Yeah, for sure, and 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 that's and there's there's a f- small pool of actors that can pull that off. Um, that kind of Nick Cage, Gary Busey,
4: you know. <laughs> you know, they have something in common,
3: right? Right. definitely. There, there, there's, I, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but there's something there, type Gasser, uh, yeah. be crazy. Um, <laughs> but they can, they can carry a movie as the hero and they could be the tweener and they can just be the lunatic villain. And, you know, the, the, directors that know how to, how to play with that, I think it really use them to their best abilities.
4: And I, I think we've heard enough of Mel Gibson and his crazy rants on the phone to know that he also kind of slides into the crazy zone. I'm yeah,
3: sure. he learned a little something from Gary Busey, yeah. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, and, and Mel Gibson continuing the Christmas action tradition this year with the movie Fat Man. I don't know if anybody's seen that one, but uh, he actually plays Santa Claus, and I believe he's like an assassin.
3: We were so, it on our site, didn't
0: we? It is on bulletproofaction.com. Bulletproof? You could check that out. Our good friend uh, Todd Gaines reviewed that one for us on. Uh, On bulletproof action. So yeah. So Mel Gibson, he loves Christmas and he loves action. Which Mm. I guess, yeah. I wouldn't, no, I'm not going to say it. All right. So uh, I'm going to keep it there. Tom Atkins is in this movie and and I don't know if Matt's going to want to jump in here because I'm about to talk a little bit about horror movies because I heard that the way Tom Atkins got this gig on Lethal Weapon is because Richard Donner saw his work in Night of the Creeps specifically the scene where he's kind of sitting there drinking smoking has the has the gas running on his uh in his kitchen and he's about to go out he's kind of in that mel gibson situation in that movie where he's about ready to cash in his chips and there's matt yeah say his name he's like candy man you only have to say it <laughs> once like. tom atkins is great man
1: like be, not just night of the creeps uh the oh. I mean, Halloween three, season of the witch, which is finally getting the respect that it's always deserved. Uh, I mean, he crushes it in that too. Uh, Tom Atkins, a-ok in our book. Uh, the whole horror horror movie night cinematic universe of all of our other horror podcasts, we all talk about how you know Tom Atkins, one sexy motherfucker from the uh, the '80s for sure. <laughs> it's the must. Yes.
0: It's the mustache. It's the yeah definitely looks better with the mustache than without, Um, and uh, yeah, Halloween three you get to see a little bit more Tom Atkins than you're used to, ladies. So check it out if you haven't. That's uh, an awkward
1: casting of him and the girl that's like clearly twenty years younger than Tom Atkins. Uh, Very uncomfortable (laughs) look.
0: All right, and and uh, Super Action Man has chimed in here, Nate. He wants uh, you to mention something about Zombie Cage, since we kind of went into this little horror offshoot.
4: Well, you know, Zombie Cage Fighter is the story of my life, where you have to potentially fight a zombie in a cage if you're a burned out kind of a loser fighter that's still trying to put food on the table. In such a crazy genre, and it, it really it's kind of a period piece. It really reaches across genres. People are talking about it all over the world. It's, it's quite moving, I'd have to say. There's there's talk of an Oscar. Oh, well, you Oscar know. Oscar Meyer Wiener. <laughs> sure Somebody will, you know, come watch it at my house with me.
0: Well, that, that sounds like a wonderful time, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, we also have some notable henchmen in this one. We've got Arnold's good friend Sven Oli Thorson. But I think more notable is Mr. Ali Yong with the whole electrocution scene. Uh, probably one of the most memorable scenes of this movie, Nate.
4: Uh, it's great. And as someone who's been electrocuted many times, that's <laughs> unpleasant. It, it's quite unpleasant. I used to be a sign electrician. Okay. And never quite knew if the sign was completely off and, and licking the socket was a, a solid way to tell, not overly <laughs> recommended, but yeah, I got, yeah, unpleasant. <laughs> it, it's, that'll get me to say anything. I will talk. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Uh, Ryan Campbell, uh, yes, w- one of the things I found interesting, a little Christmas connection here, and I never, I mean, all these years, I didn't realize it, it just struck me when I was putting together our outline here. Darlene Love, who plays Trish Murtaugh, Danny Glover's wife. Right. is Was actually a singer, you know, that's the singer Darlene Love, who probably her most famous hit, or at least the one I always remember most, Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home, which kicks off Gremlins. And I know uh, Gremlins, I'll, Obviously, is a great movie to talk about too because it also takes place during Christmas time.
3: It does, and um, since you know we are at number two, I guess I'll I'll, I'll crush uh, John's heart here that Gremlins is not on our list. It's,
0: it's it did not make the official. It did list.
3: not make the list, even though, and I was I was really surprised that to me it falls in the action movie uh, yes realm. Um, it has everything. It's the small town. It kind of has some horror it has some monster films some good old wholesome down-to-earth america christmas i, I to me it, it's on my yeah i was shocked when i saw the list that it wasn't on there but uh yeah gremlins is up there i think for me for for christmas action movies it's on the ryan list
0: on the ryan list not on the official list um another thing i want to talk about with Leafa weapon did it send, I mean, would we have had bad boys? Would we have had the rush hour movies without Lethal Weapon?
4: Boy, that's a good question. Uh, it, it's, it really changed the way America, if not the world, looked at action movies and and how they can have heart, soul with witty dialogue. It's, it's a memorable time for, I think, everyone involved. Is is that plausible? Did, did I pull that off?
0: Yeah, that was excellent, <laughs> excellent analysis, sir. And you know, another movie I think, uh, and it's kind of ironic. Uh, I feel like Die Hard with a Vengeance kind of borrowed some from uh, the lethal weapon formula with uh, Sam Jackson and and uh, Bruce Willis. Which I mean, if any movie has the right to steal from another movie, it's a Die Hard sequel, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because yeah,
3: no, no one's gonna no one's gonna complain about that one, right. so.
0: They've been pilfered so many times. It's like no, it's our turn to steal an idea, so. Um, again, Lethal Weapon, uh, great movie, 7.6 rating on IMDb. Guys, we are about to get to number one, but let's recap the the first fo- or four movies. We had The Long Kiss Goodnight, number five. Batman Returns, number four. Die Hard 2, number three. Lethal Weapon, number two. And honestly, there really could only be one number one. And I know, personal favorites aside it's hard to argue that july 20th 1988 it came out it hit theaters it was the original die hard um and as jonathan is pointing out shane black wrote 3 out of 5 of these movies he did shane black <clears throat> a fan, what what his contributions to the action genre cannot be uh, understated
3: i mean he, also, he, he
0: he changed action movies
3: yeah we did, we did our countdown of number 1 kind of of all time for most people uh, he wrote that one too. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um uh, if, if you don't know what Die Hard's about, folks, it's an NYPD police officer officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party. There you go, keyword Christmas party sure. at Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. And obviously Nakatomi Plaza was actually the, the Fox building um and I think there was actually renovations going on, which is why you had some of those floors up there that were under construction. So a little wise uh, location scouting there uh, for the film.
3: Yeah, they saved a ton on on location uh, allocation for money there t- for the film. So good on them.
4: Good now, on wouldn't you. you say this was kind of groundbreaking in the way that prior to this, I feel like most of the action movies, or at least the action movies that were popular at this time, were Schwarzenegger, yeah. Stallone, mm-hmm. Van Damme. You had these totally shredded, super athletic Badasses, and then you have this guy who's just an average joe just a schlub who comes in and has all sorts of wacky adventures and i think that's what made so many people just be like no i i can relate to this guy his yeah him and me we're the same i i could have a beer with that guy
0: yeah and i think that's why he wasn't on the
3: poster exactly Dude, yeah, they, were they the early screenings and stuff that they were doing and and executives looking at just the one shots because before this Bruce Willis was doing uh comedy comedies. Yeah. So they did not think it would sell putting him on the poster. So they just started with a tagline and the image of Nakatomi Plaza. I think when they, when they did a re-release towards the end of or in like January, February, that's when they changed the poster and put that image of his face turned on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, before the movie release leading up to the uh, the release date, he wasn't on the poster cause they didn't think it would sell.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, because again, to Nate's point, we were used to seeing these larger than life Arnold on the poster, like the commando poster, I think it's iconic. It's just Arnold it you know let's party and it's just you know it's like whoa okay yeah <laughs> or you know one of the old rambo posters and um, important
3: to know he was like the fifth choice for this film too so
0: <laughs> there's a long list of guys that yeah there's really a lot really of strange characters. i want to say like even frank sinatra's name was linked to yeah. this at one point from like uh, there was all kinds yeah,
3: of weird yeah because the the uh, the movie from the book rights of what it originally was that got licensed to a movie was like it was a 20-year process or something really yeah. long and I think Frank put money down in the beginning of it to make it a movie under the agreement that he would play the main character. Of course, that was a whole different you know main character. I think at the point, but it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting story of just how this movie came together.
0: Well, and I brought up Commando. There's even the, the, the story that Die Hard was going to be the second Commando, and it was supposed to star Arnold. There's that old uh, <laughs> whether that's legitimate or not, or just one of those internet urban legends. Who knows?
4: Oh ho, ho, ho how do you do ho 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 in, a, in an Arnold voice?
0: <laughs> oh, oh oh
3: oh I don't know <laughs> you flipped the wrong no, idea. Ah.
4: does
3: he say ho 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 and jingle all the way I'll have to go back and watch and see if he says it at some point. Do that research,
0: Ryan. All right, that's, well, that's the type of quality research we need. What am I Saturday around. afternoon doing?
4: All right. We have your wife. Give her back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and let's talk about uh the the man himself, Hans Gruber. Since we've got the people with accents here, well, let's talk about Hans Gruber, uh, played by uh, Alan Rickman. And uh, is there anything more iconic at, at the holidays than seeing Hans Gruber falling from right. Nakatomi Plaza? I mean,
4: and, and wasn't that taken? I think that was the first take, and he didn't know that he was going to be released, so that look of fear in his eyes was real,
0: 100. Well, that's and
4: that's, that's, that's the way we get never saw him again. He died right there, and. <laughs>
0: So and again we have an Al Leong shows up again for the top two movies. He's in this this one, he's eating candy bars though, uh at the little snack shop uh in this one. He's not not as pure Eve, not electrocuting anyone this time around, but he's there as as he uh popped into so many movies. And what about the director here, John McTiernan, who obviously had quite a list of, of hits to his credit as well. Uh I can't Help, but mention Predator, of course. Uh, just a fantastic action director, Nate.
4: Oh my God, Predator is just—it's such an iconic movie. I love that it's—it's it's a war movie, it's an alien movie. It's—it's uh, mm. it's just perfection. Right at that time, that genre was just chef's kiss.
0: Yeah, I, I would put Predator on this list, even though it's not a Christmas movie. But who's going to stop Predator? But—but but it's not. But again, yeah, Predator deserves to be on top of any list you want to put it on. It's oh, yeah. good. I, I doesn't first blood happen at christmas time too first blood does yeah there's some chris cobra That's so right. yeah there's a lot of movies so that, we had a again, discussion
3: about this i think last time that we were having like a trip that we thought maybe it was because adding christmas lights to the decorations just added some sort of lighting to scenery like why do all these movies that don't really need to be set at christmas time just decide to set it at christmas
0: time <laughs> Or or is that just when they're filming? Is it better rates if you film at Christmas time? Like the real big, I don't know. That that sounds like a Jonathan London question. He's our Hollywood insider. Or maybe Super Action Man. He's the fact checker.
2: Uh,
0: You know, I don't, oh,
2: there you go. Listen, listen to you little punks. Uh, I've been around this a long time, and I've been on the sets of many action movies. Here's a little trick, all right? You ever notice how LA streets are always wet? That's so that the lights reflect on the ground, you get yourself a full image with depth of field. Also, at night, if you ever look at Los Angeles, well, during the mid 80s and 90s, when these movies were made, there weren't that many buildings downtown. A lot of businesses had moved to the west side. So what they had to do in production was go around and give 20 bucks to each security guard to make sure they didn't they turned their lights back on in those buildings so you could get a full skylight for those badass rooftop action scenes. And that's how you that's a little behind the scenes. Listen, if you can't talk action movies without going to me, because you know what? I love you guys, but I don't even know where you guys live in this beautiful country of America. But it ain't Hollywood, and some of these, much of these movies were made based on my life, Nate's life, and action heroes like ourselves who flex every day to let people know America's number one, baby. Uh, listen, I love you guys, and I love this time of year, but I just want to say Happy Hanukkah. Christmas isn't just the only holiday, and I got to tell you. When I see somebody dressed in red starting to sneak into Americans' homes, first thing I think is Putin's up to his old crap again, all right? The second thing I think is, damn, someone beat me to that house. I was going to go in there and do a little surveillance. Chris, I've been in your house. I see what's up there. You're on notice, okay, pal? Nate and I may be knocking on your door pretty soon. But listen, I want to say happy holidays to all of y'all. I got to go back and deal with this whole DC situation. This guy is steaming, all right? And uh, I got to go punch him back into a game show somewhere. All right, I love you guys. Thank you. And, hey, be big brothers and big sisters to some people, okay? Just right. like America is big brother, big sister to the entire world, all right? That's what we are, okay? I got to take this phone call, Matt. Hold on right here. Oh, Yeah, what do you want? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. hey, hold on. Yeah, see you guys later. Wait, hold on. I, I'm getting bad reception, okay? Talking to these dweebs
0: online. Yeah, I'll be right there. Yeah, okay, all right. Bye. Bye. Wonderful. Wonderful. And yeah, a great reminder, though, why that we've this been to, to donate uh, to the Big Brothers and Big Sisters. We're still at $294 based on what I just saw there. So let's get let's get it up to an even $300 before this podcast sh- shuts down, folks. Please. That's why I have fun. Six bucks. Yeah, that sure ain't come week. back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Die Hard uh, was number one most copied movie ever. Can can we can we say that? I think
3: I think so. In the way that, if you can get younger people, even younger than I, to watch to to go back and watch a movie, and they think it's boring or whatever because they've seen all that stuff before. Not realizing that that's the one that started it, I think that's the, the the telltale thing. Like, like, oh yeah, this is so this is so just generic. I've seen all this in movies. Like, no, that's because they did it first, and everybody copied on that. It's like like that.
4: Well, and thirty years later, it still has such a great pop culture reference. How many shows out there are just constantly referencing Die Hard? It's like, it's made it smart.
0: Even that Die Hard battery commercial that's that's airing currently with wherever where Bruce Willis plays John McClane. I mean. It's because everyone knows what he's doing there, and and the, the, obviously the Die Hard connection there. So, oh uh, yeah, Die Hard definitely deserving of its number one spot here on our Christmas action countdown list. And uh, I think we have about ten minutes left, so let's get into some maybe honorable mentions. I know Ryan, you mentioned we talked a little Gremlins. A movie that I wanted to talk about is uh, probably one maybe a lot of people don't know about. It's a n- nineteen ninety six movie called Riot. And it stars Gary Daniels and Sugar Ray Leonard, of all people. And uh, they uh, play some sort of uh, soldiers of some sort helping a uh, an ambassador's daughter is kidnapped. But the great thing I like about this, there's two scenes that uh, always stick out to me. There's a bar fight that has a hip-hop version of Joy to the World playing, <laughs> which that alone is worth watching. And there's also a scene early on where neighbors next to Gary Daniels' character, they're two kids waiting for their mom to come home from work, but there's riots going on in the street, so she's obviously delayed. So the son decides he's gonna make his own frozen pizza, and he puts the whole like the whole box in there. Like, come on, kids are was, I mean, I that's the most idiotic thing ever. I mean, I understand you're a kid, but have you ever seen your mother put t- bring the pizza out in the box?
3: I have cooked it on the cardboard circle before. Right.
0: I'd get the cardboard <laughs> circle. I'd also know, Ryan Campbell, personally, that you've c- cooked an entire frozen pizza, got it out of the oven, right. tripped, and it fell on the floor.
3: And I, only one I would eat it. And, and no Nobody one wanted, wanted to wouldn't have any pieces of it. I was the
0: only one that ate any of it. Not with all that dog hair you got at your house. I'm not <laughs> eating that stuff at all. So, no. Uh, so, yeah, I would pick Riot as one of my notable... Or honorable mentions here on our countdown. Nate, do you have one that we we didn't cover on our five that you want to talk about?
4: Just my my favorite Christmas movie of all time is is Christmas Story. And I think it it slides in here because of the big fight scene where just the stream of obscenities come down <laughs> as you're beating the hell out of the bully there. It's what a great empowering movie. Plus, you've you've got the gunfight with the Red Rider BB gun <laughs> right. picking off the bandits one by one. That, that really is, to me, it's action. It's got passion, uh, violence. So What more could you want?
0: Actually shot right here near me uh, in, in the Cleveland area. So. That's right.
3: Every time I visit uh, Brain, his father always <laughs> wants to
0: take me to the Christmas story house. <laughs> yeah, he definitely wants to give people. I don't know if he's getting a kickback on that or just a piece of the action. <laughs> I think this program. year things are slowing down. But in the past, I think he may have been like, getting some kind of tour guide fee or something. Dude, it wouldn't dude. surprise me
4: do they have the lamp in the window
0: oh yeah they do you gotta yeah you gotta have the lamp in the window so yeah absolutely so yeah you can if you're in the cleveland area you can visit the the christmas story house but yeah Uh, that movie definitely captures i think what it feels
3: like to be a kid at christmas no matter what time you grow up in the the lusting after that one item the idea of like trying to without trying to you know sneak your, into your parents or without just being obnoxious about it but making sure they know that this is the one thing you want all the way to like like you mentioned when he gets in the fight and he thinks his life is over and he's dead and then it all just works itself out and then like that one time when you're a kid and you think like you're dead like this is it this is the most important thing I'll ever happen in my life and then like your parent shows you like mercy and you're, and at that point you're just like, you have just grown up or something. Like you guys have this connection now. Um, it just, that movie just nails like what it's like to be a kid. So.
0: Yeah. And like you said, yeah, we may not have wanted a Red Rider BB gun, but we've all had that one thing that we were like, Oh, I hope that's under the tree at, at Christmas time. For me, it may have been a Bobby the brain Heenan LJN wrestling figure. Sounds good, I right. really wanted that and I got it. So that was good. Nice, that was good. Um, what do we have here? anybody else saying anything? I don't see anything there. New, all right, Ryan Campbell. Any other uh honorable mentions you want to do? Uh, we had talked about before,
3: but Scrooge is another one that I think doesn't get a lot of love. I don't see it on like I think it was last year, I had to go buy it on Amazon or something because it's just nowhere like no one plays it all the movies all the channels that play movies at christmas time and no one thinks to play scrooge
0: yeah i don't, I don't know why know. That one, one of my favorites i don't know why that one gets overlooked that one of course directed by richard donner who also directed uh, lethal weapon who we, we talked about earlier and still uh, Murray, come on and Bill, yeah well yeah yeah so scrooge is a great one obviously just a retelling of the ebenezer scrooge tale but in, done in a very late 80s way and uh, a very good way as well I mean, you can't Bobcat Goldthwaite with the shotgun. I mean, good stuff in there. Um, and what about? Here's another one I have from the fine canon movie library Invasion USA. Mm. Chuck Norris. There's a terrorist on American soil, and Chuck Norris. This may be what Super Action Man was talking about how movies were based on his life. This must have been one of, Sounds a, one of his stories. As, uh, yeah, you got Richard Lynch, who's an awesome bad guy, coming in with all these i think they're all communists cuban russians they're all aligning together hit american soil and chuck norris basically takes on an entire army on his own there's a great scene where they're at a shopping mall and chuck norris is in a pickup truck driving through said shopping mall and it's just if you haven't that's another one nate if you haven't seen that one
4: I'm putting that on the list.
0: It's an obscure Chuck, one, but yeah, it's a good I, one. I would
4: watch Chuck Norris do anything, really, but driving through a shopping mall. Yeah. That, oh, uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris
3: knows that you'll Trump. watch him do anything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I first of all, I wanted to thank you guys for joining the stream and doing this segment. Also, just throwing this out there, uh, two of them that came to my mind, one that's very, very good, one that is horrible but i still watch it every christmas for some reason first off kiss kiss bang bang uh takes place at christmas another shane black uh, i think believe it was his first directing job and um Jaw's the revenge uh also <laughs> a christmas movie
0: <laughs> yeah and i think you you submitted those matt when we, when we were uh, going for yeah because there were some <laughs> yeah we i said there were 27 different movies got votes but uh And I think you were the only one to vote for either. Well, no, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang came close. I think it was very, very close. It was maybe if we we expanded this to top 10, it would have been in there for sure.
1: But Jaws Revenge wasn't going to make the cut?
0: Jaws Revenge, no. (laughs) No. Uh, I
1: mean, listen, I will stand by that movie because here's the thing. There's a lot of Christmas horror movies, but no one makes a Christmas horror movie for people who live near a beach. There's a very real danger of a shark eating you at Christmas time. Some yeah. movies need to address it. Uh, your wish did, in fact, come true. We did pass the $300 yeah, mark during the last 10 minutes. There we go. Uh, so, real quick, I'm going to throw Nate up on the screen. Let him do one last big pitch for Zombie Cage Fighter. Uh, is the campaign still going for people to get a copy?
4: Oh, it is. Yes. Uh, go to zombiecagefighter.com. You can click on the link there for Kickstarter and go to the page. It's the biographical horror story of my life, what I had been through as a fighter and at the time as a single father plus zombies. But today's really about the big brothers and the big sisters. This is huge because so many kids really need some direction, need some help. So if you're able to support it all, do that.
1: And you heard what Nate said. He could kick your ass if you don't, just like <laughs> he he could pull like an it's always a chance. So you could pull the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and just go house to
4: house. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I've been the that many times. Well, so Love Slave sixty nine. Uh, you yeah. thought my fight wasn't that entertaining? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nate. I'm going to drop you out here real quick, and then Chris and Brian, one last final pitch. Where can people go to check out more Bulletproof Podcast?
0: Well, you got BulletproofAction.com, and that's where you want to go for everything. We have something new on there each and every day, uh, reviews, features, and yes, you will also find the link to the Bulletproof podcast every other Tuesday. You can also get the Bulletproof podcast, obviously, on GeekScape, because we are a proud member of the GeekScape family right we got the
3: mandalorian season finale coming up this friday that i'll be reviewing so that's
0: correct and we got a lot of uh new releases uh coming up here a lot of vod releases obviously due to to the situation that we're in right now but uh yeah check it out and we also like to go do some throwbacks uh as well just go back in time and and check out action movies of the past that maybe you may have missed out on or maybe you just forgot about um, so, check it out, bulletproofaction.com. There you have it, the top five Christmas action movie countdown as part of Geekscape's holiday live tacular. I do want to thank Matt Kelly for pulling the audio from the live stream so we could present this special bonus edition of the Bulletproof Podcast to you. And I want to remind everybody that the Bulletproof Podcast will be back next week, Tuesday, December 22nd, where Chad Cruz, Ryan Campbell, and myself will be doing a deep dive. On a movie that we just talked about, the number two on the list, it was Lethal Weapon. It is going to be a Lethal Weapon deep dive on the next episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. As always, I also encourage you to check out BulletproofAction.com. I think you're going to see a review from yours truly on The Long Kiss Goodnight. That's right. As promised on the live stream, I did watch the movie and I I did enjoy it. My review will be online next week as well. So check that out. Always something new on the site each and every day. So until that time, thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast.